0: So you're good to go? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah all right well hello everyone and welcome to the talk to danielle yeah. podcast i am your host danielle c baker and before i introduce uh today's guests make sure to like follow or subscribe to whichever channel you're watching or listening to and uh that way you are get notifications every time we have uh, new episodes and today mm-hmm. i have a very special guest uh good friend of mine I like to consider her my good friend we've been working yeah. uh together as the accountability partners. And uh, I just love her energy. She does great work. I have Sarah Udo uh, gross And I hope Ooh. I pronounced this properly because my French had oh, yeah. kind of tricked me. Okay, that's good. So Sarah really is on. She is an amazing author, a beautiful story, a powerful message. So thank you, Sarah, for joining me today. And uh, just so we get to talk. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Daniel. I'm really excited. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much for hosting me. And uh, yes, you are a friend. I do consider you a friend as well as my <laughs> accountability partner. We all need that. Yes, of yeah. course. And so really, I'm looking for... And, and what a wonderful uh, job you're doing out there. I watch your podcast. I see so many people that, I've got that you've interviewed. So you're doing such Thank an you. amazing job. And I'm actually really proud of you because as your accountability partner I have to put that <laughs> a little in there I know you're talking to me today but I just want to put that little bit in there to tell you you know spot on you're doing a fantastic uh, job so well done I'm excited thank, to you. Be, uh, thank today. you thank
0: you thank you, thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that Yeah, especially coming from you. I appreciate it. But we're going to put the spotlight back on you right now. And um, (laughs) before we get started with everything that you do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us your story and and, uh, how you
1: got here. Okay. Well, my, my <laughs> name is Leraudogroswana. Sorry already you know that. And um, I live in Vienna, Austria. Um, but I'm originally from Nigeria. I'm very much full African. And um, I'm a writer. As you know, I'm a um, storyteller. And mm-hmm. uh, I also sometimes do events. So I'm, I sort of wear a whole bunch of hats. So I hope uh, a whole few of them fit. And I'm a mother proudly one. And um, yes, I've been writing for a few years now. And uh, by uh, my background, Of course, uh, my first degree was in uh, international relations and uh, diplomatic Mm. studies. And uh, my uh, second, the one we are kind of like going to be focusing on today is on professional writing from uh, Cornwall University, Falmouth College in Cornwall in England. Mm. uh, so that's it. I I guess uh, you'll be as we go in, you'll be knowing a little bit more about me. But on view, the overview, the overview—that's who I am, Sarah. That's amazing. I keep Sarah learning.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I keep learning a little bit about you every time, and I love it. There's so interesting. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We're going to be talking about your books very shortly, but you—you you do have this one. It's called uh, "From um, Going from from Fearful to Fear." Yeah. Yes, and yes. I just, that's a beautiful message. It's just one of the, the very powerful ones. And you do talk about how on the journey to self-discovery, mm-hmm. you have to um, to step away from the crowd to be able mm-hmm. to find yes, your true yes. self. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit, because that's not an easy and it's an ongoing thing. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the challenges that you would have had uh, to overcome when you decided that, okay, I'm stepping away from, the mass, (laughs) I'm stepping away from the crowd and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be me authentically and unapologetically.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what it is, I mean, I once heard someone uh, said that who best to encourage another than someone who has gone through discouragement herself? So when I talk about stepping away from the crowd, it's something that I've had to also learn. And the challenges is, a uh, bit uh, part of the challenges I've had to uh, know overcome is the idea of knowing who you are. When you know who you are, uh, for example, I'm a, a people person. I like people around me. And so One of the biggest uh, uh, challenges I've had to overcome is that knowing that sometimes you need to step away from certain, you know, certain people. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. you go deep so much into people because you want to be around people so much. And then you realize along the way that certain people that you are around are not empowering you in any way. You can tell. I think sometimes we tell, but we make so many excuses for why we are in the crowd. You can tell. And when you are around uh, a crowd that's not empowering, it chips away Mm -hmm. little by little certain essentials of you. And at a point, at a certain time, uh, you might find it difficult to actually recognize who you are because you're so used to being in this crowd and maybe in order to want to belong in that crowd, you sort of like maybe you you, you quote to certain things that you should not just because you don't want to be seen as mm, she's funny. Oh, okay, why she's doing that. Oh, she's gonna be like this there's, there's a sort of like underlining message that if in order for you to belong to our crowd, you have to be a certain way. And because right. you want to be that, you, 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 you start being a certain way until you sort of like, if you're not careful, you lose yourself. So mm-hmm. part of the challenges that I've had to overcome, and that's the point oh, point of that book, From Fearful to Fears, is uh, stepping away from that crowd, knowing that even though I'm a people person, stepping away from certain crowd, knowing that for the period it would take me to maybe find the right crowd for myself, I'm probably going to suffer a little bit. You know, it's sort of like, yeah. uh, you know, like Royal syndrome. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're so used to about people that now you withdraw from them, and you start having, you start getting, oh my god, what am, you, what am I doing with myself? Because I'm such kind of a social butterfly, and needing to know that sometimes you need to step that for your own good, and even to be able to give to other people. Because mm-hmm. in order for you to even be given to someone, you need to have. You cannot give what you you, you don't have. So you need to yes. sometimes, that, those are the challenges, some of the challenges, uh, or I would say that is one of the challenges I've had to overcome. Knowing mm-hmm. when to step away from a certain space or people or crowd or relationship even, and saying, you know what, if I keep going this way, I'm not going to be... The person that I am meant to be, that I was born to be, that I was created to be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's a difficult, it is a big challenge, yeah, especially. Yeah. Yeah. When you get a, to people that are closer to you, if, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's family or very close mm-hmm. friends, and you realize exactly. that mm-hmm. that's as far as it goes in terms of. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's very difficult. It's a big challenge. Mm-hmm. But when you do it, it's.
1: It's very up rewarding, hole. exactly. It is. Yeah, <laughs> when you do it, sometimes you step later, after you've done it, when you step back and you've been able to achieve that, you can think to yourself, wow, how come I didn't think to do, why didn't I do it? all of this time, How come <laughs> I didn't think to do this? And you think about all the time that you have wasted in things and situations that you should not have given your time. And you're thinking, why did I think about, you want to like, sort of like whack yourself on the head and think, why didn't I think about? Why did it take so long for me to come to this? <laughs> that's right. That's, right. that's what yeah. they say. You know, like knowing, you know. That's why you know, knowing yourself takes, you know, it takes courage, you know, to yeah. to really go into yourself because you're going to uh, you you're going to have to divest yourself of so many things, and mm. you know, stepping away from things that you've become accustomed to, it's not easy. Because you know they're like like habits. Like mm-hmm. again, I use raw syndromes. Like people, if people are in alcohol, you're like the alcoholics that are drinking, and then you need to win them from that. It's very uncomfortable for for for, yeah. for for them. And you look how hard it is. And then if you're on the outside looking in, you've never you tend to think. But what is wrong with them? Can they not see that that's maybe killing them? But you don't know that stepping is no longer. When something has overtaken you, it's not easy. I'm kind of like using that maybe in a way it's easy to because uh, when you think about uh, stepping away from something, we tend to think about stepping away things that are uh, like uh, vices, you know. But what right. about relationship? We don't look at that. That you know on um on, on constructive, you know, relationship. Mm-hmm they are kind of like it's like it's a vice a relationship yes. in which that is not contributing positively to your life or yeah. that you may not even be contributing positively to you cannot yeah. we, we don't often see that it's also a vice it's a vice that's also destructive because when you're in that kind it it chips away from you takes away from your confidence takes away from the person that you're not even able to see straight you're not That's even right. if you have dreams, you're not even, because when you're uh, in a circle that you should not be, you mm-hmm. don't turn away from your life path, and you're following a path that others, who are probably sometimes, it might even be stronger, that you are saying, okay, this is a path that you follow. And once you yeah. begin to follow that path, you know, the way paths are, when you step away from one path and onto another path, you begin a journey. And so if you're beginning a journey on a path that's not meant for you, it means you've walked away from your path. That's and right. Go, and the farther you go, the farther you go, uh, you are, the farther the journey, the further you go from who you are supposed, who you are supposed to be, who you yeah. are created to be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it takes, uh,
0: takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah, and I find it takes more energy to get back into mm-hmm. it afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. of course. You're um, you're you have several books, and they all carry. I find, I find, I love, I love your books. They carry a very powerful message. There's a diversity of messages in it. That's what I love. You're such a great. I have to say, and you're a great storyteller, and it's just, it's just beautiful no, you. how you put no, it into words. When, um, when would you say that you knew it was time for you to start writing to to put all of that on onto paper?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so my story—it actually started the writing thing. I never actually knew that I was going to write, but I've always loved to read. Reading, I—I I started to read when I was very, very like books were everything to me. They were my friends, my companion. They were actually like people that I could talk to about things that I could not speak to other people about, and mm-hmm. at a point where I didn't even have someone that close to speak to certain things about me, books were really every books were everything to me, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think uh, uh, the defining moment for me of writing. Was one time actually? I've, let me say the beginning of the moment for me was when I was doing uh, an MBA. I never finished that because I was doing MBA, and um, one 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 day the lecturer asked us to write something, something to do with a it. sort of like a little story around something, and apparently mine was really good. You know, <laughs> that had copied it from somewhere. And so mm. he called me into his office and said, you know what, we take plagiarization very seriously. When we ask you to do a job, we expect you to do it, you know, you're, to be original. We don't expect you to take copy. Mm-hmm. And he just went on and on. I was just looking at him thinking, he didn't even ask me how I came by that. So when he was done talking, I thought to myself, how am I going to convince this man that i actually mm-hmm. wrote that. what if i said it's going to look at me with suspicion like did she actually write that so i said to him i turned to him i said you know what pick anything anything on your desk and i will write a story Write you on the spot i'll write a mm-hmm. story about that and it was at that point that he realized and then he then said if you're so good in the way that you describe Things that you actually can see, you describe it so well that people. It almost as if you're sitting there seeing the picture, like watching a television. There's something yeah. on television. He said, "So then, why are you doing an MBA?" And then he said, "Don't get me wrong, you're doing well, but why? It, it seems obviously that your strength is in writing. Why are you doing an <laughs> MBA?" I don't have to think to myself. So why am I doing an MBA? <laughs> I mean, I'm very <laughs> much passionate about people. I like to help people. I'm never yeah. going to have the kind of balls, call it that, necessary to just uh, like maybe even walk over a body to achieve that big business, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when he said that, I went back and thought, why don't I just take a course in writing? So I took a course in writing that was supposed to last two years and I enjoyed it very much in creative writing. And then it was long distance. And after that, I now thought, by then I was like uh, a year into, a little year into my MBA, And I decided, and it was actually, and by then I was, so I said, okay, I'm going to stop the MBA because it's a lot of money, obviously, to spend. And it's a lot of time studying. And by then I was also a mother, and it was hard hill going even to study for that. But because I wanted it, I had to make time. So I said, let me study something that I know I'm really going to enjoy. And that's part of the self-knowing. And you could say that I was in a journey of knowing without actually knowing. So I, mm-hmm. I uh, stepped from that and I started uh, a writing program, a master's with uh, Falmouth University College, Fal- uh, Falmouth University College in, in in Cornwall in England. So that's how I stepped away to to write. And then other things fall. Follow- no, but I'm not going to preempt the question. So I'll just <laughs> <laughs> like sort of like work along and everything would will unfold yeah. actually yeah. let me just say something about that writing because one of my books um, but he calls me blessed huh? mm-hmm. when the unbelievable i know when the unbelievable happens to believers i don't know if you can see that very well it, mm-hmm. taught, it was supposed to was a thesis of that master program this was mm-hmm. the, my thesis of that master uh, master uh, program and something happened along that when i was writing Why I even started writing that? And it was around a family member who lost, from my husband's uh, family, who lost a husband. And the man was not even ill. He wasn't even ill. And so he um, he went to work one day. It was a very snowy day. Lots of snow on the ground, and of I, nobody will ever know what happened. And so, he, when he went into a tunnel, whether he lost control, whether he was tired because he had been away all day, he had series of meetings. He had to drive back and forth. Maybe it yes. just that maybe he just sort of like fell asleep for just a minute, and he went straight into a wall, and he died on the <laughs> spot. And uh, for me, when I went. Uh, uh, because I used to discuss with the wife about uh, faith, everything around. We talked about faith, the importance of faith and all of that. And so when I went to see her, I was already worried in my mind. Like, what am I going to tell this woman? Do you say to someone, God is good? How do you say that in the midst of something like that? What am I going to say to a person like that when I get there? You know, I was so worried. Do you know the most amazing thing? When I got there, God is really amazing. I know that I, faith is very important to me. But so you're going to hear a lot about God and spirituality and all of that. And faith. but anyway, I was really amazed. It was really amazing because when I stepped into this woman's home, the first thing she said to me, before even saying to me thank you, before even giving me a chance to hug her, the first thing she said she said to me, Sarah, you know what? god is going to take care of me and my kids she has two children she said i know that he did it didn't happen to punish me god didn't did not happen so that, that because it's nothing i know this happened for a reason and the reason would be it's not to punish me so i know that god lost me i know he's going to take care of my me and my children and i was so humbled by that uh daniel and i was like i came away thinking this was high I went there to comfort her, but I came away comforted. That I was like, it was such an eye opener. i always thought I was a strong person of faith, and I thought Mm -hmm. to myself, if that had happened to me, would I have have had the courage, or even the 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 the, the deep Bible belief to to say words like that at a time like that? You never know. Because I said, where where do you get? That thing, where does that come from from inside of you to say something like that at a time like this, something so powerful with such a deep belief. And so when I walked away from that, I knew that I had to put that on paper. But funny enough, that book, is that story is not even in this book, but it, it was a catalyst, you know, to yeah. writing this book. Because when I came away from that, I started asking myself, so what makes a difference Because between becoming better as a result of experience the same experience that has made other people better you see what was that what's that thing what's that difference between becoming not just good for yourself better for yourself but for your community because to be better you know the real success of any life to be better it means you have to better for someone else because it's not just about you so what that right. make that difference and i knew that i had to and i started researching stories of people like that and i started saying i need to write that story i need to write a story about powerful of of people who have had who have gone through like <laughs> situations that you cannot even be- begin to imagine but who have allowed those situations to make them not just better for themselves but for the the society and their world the world around them mm-hmm. so that that was uh, I think all of those in combination and a few other things, yeah yeah Gosh yeah and that, uh, it is always
0: fascinating when you hear because you you're right that, that you can very much become bitter of about mm-hmm. life or your faith or or anything mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you're thrown into situations like this, so mm-hmm. it's, it's very yeah. powerful. Um, you do a lot of, of, of you know you speaking events and 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 things like this. Can you kind of share with us some of the transformations, the transformations that you've seen in people that
1: have read your books or have interacted with you uh, through your messages? Yeah, that's another thing. I'm so grateful for what I do, and of course, as a writer, oftentimes when I tell people that I read. The first thing people, some people tell me people who are really like very courageous, I think, is that so do you make how do you make a living from that? And sometimes I have to think in my life to myself, like, okay, I haven't begged bread yet, but you know. But the thing is that I really I love what I do, and I used to say to myself, if I did not write, I would not know what to do. If I could not write, I would not know what to do. Because as a result of my writing people have reached out to me people that i would never have met and one of the yeah. the amazing uh, amazing ones that i would never forget was this woman she had written she wrote me from nigeria i never met her and um, she had been trying to have a baby. Apparently, she had been married a long time, tried to have a baby many times and could not have a baby. And so I think she and her spouse decided to do an IVF. And, uh, and they had put everything. Money was not a plenty. So they put everything that they had into it because they thought, this is it. You know, in with everything we have. And then yeah. the day they got the result, that it wasn't. So she said she felt broken. Mm-hmm. The day they got and she at the same time she had her appointment and she was like how do I explain to someone that I? so she just decided to go I guess she just wanted to get out of the house and not be herself she says when she got there in waiting for her own turn to come she picked up a magazine started flipping through it and she came across one of the because at, at that point my story was being serialized in this um, uh, uh, lifestyle magazine so okay. they were like parts parts of the story. And she came across one of the stories. And it happened to one of the stories in this book called Silvana's stories, also about Barrett, about mm-hmm. this woman who went through a terrible thing for 16 years, lost babies, Ivy, you think about it, you name it, she had miscarriages, 12, I think, in total... Maybe if if I'm not mistaken, either 16 years, 12 miscarriages or 12 years. And so, yes, you can imagine that. She said when she read that, it felt like someone had, like God had basically come down and like lifted her out of this dark pore that she was in. Mm -hmm. And she said to me. And you don't know who I am, but your story blessed me. Your story did something to me that I cannot, your book, explain. And she said, thank you very much for that. And I was so grateful that someone, and over the years, I was so grateful that someone could someone send that. I felt connected to her. And over the years, uh, Danielle, I've had messages like that sent to me by emails, people just reaching, searching me out on on Instagram, or sorry, on email and sending me messages, and even Instagram. And sometimes, and some of them are not even Christians. I've had mm-hmm. a man who is not even a Christian reach out, somebody tried to sell him the book, and he was like, oh, this is Christian, you know, I'm, I'm Islam. And and his wife, they were also waiting for a baby. And... Oh. Um, the person said just buy for someone and sort of maybe they were friends because maybe the person really wanted to just sell the book to them a friend (laughs) and the man bought it and he bought and read this book and she said a week later he came back to buy six of the books and he said missed that to someone and this man was not even a christian and so when i hear stories like this when we know about what you do. You feel we all say we want to contribute to our world. We want to make we have we want to be change makers. So when you yeah. hear stories like this about what you do, it makes you feel that you are contributing to your world in what you know and in, in the in the little in little ways that you come. And for me that is that is a life worth living. Yeah, yeah. even when I don't make make a make a lot of yeah. money. I think for me when i when I listen to this or so when I read these emails, I'm really like very grateful that i I have been with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yeah, that is it is, uh, it is
0: uh, incredible because when you read you you write the book, there's so much technicality in it and then it's mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. and you, you're moving yeah. on to something else and you don't mm-hmm. realize that it mm-hmm. actually is yeah. how how mm-hmm. powerful it can mm-hmm. be for
1: somebody mm-hmm. that is exactly. incredible. It's very, Before, books are very spiritual. I, I see them as very spiritual. I've always loved to read. Like they they can lift you out of the most, like the things you can not share. They, you can read just, it could just be a text in the book and you will you yeah. come with feeling as if you're walking on air, like something really powerful and just being able to put that down. I know that it's a blessing to someone, and there's another thing. Actually, when I before I actually was writing, I used to feel that I had a dream one time where I, uh, in the dream, it was like I was speaking to a crowd of people. I knew it was a crowd of women, and it was a full hall, mm. and every one of them was listening to what I had to say. I had to say because they were all cheering me on. But in that dream, I was shown this woman at the corner. On my right hand side she was and i can tell exactly to the pews where she was sitting on and in that dream a voice said to me your words are for her everyone might be listening that your words are for her and then i came away thinking that oh my god so what i'm doing is not just round, random i'm mm-hmm. doing my words certain things that i'm i'm exactly where i'm meant to be i'm doing exactly what i was meant to do whether my words, because whether my words uh, are at, is, are taken by one person or two or two persons is actually even irrelevant because each person that the world reaches that person carries not just him this or herself but other people because those are generations they have generations embedded yeah. in that one person because if you're a woman you're going to get married you have your own children and your children will have children, you have grandchildren, you have friends. So whatever you can learn, whatever that you take from that, it goes, you also distributing them. So the words that you put down in books, they are like spirits. They are like messengers. They go out there. So it's beyond you. It's much yeah. more than who you are. And so that's why actually even when you write as a writer, as a writer, when you put words down, you have to be very conscious of the things that you put down. Because are, you're sending them, they're like messengers that you're sending. They're going to go there. So your words are either, they're also like the spoken words. Because when you speak words, they are going to go out there. They're either going to make grow or they're going to yeah. fall down. So when you write stuff, especially people who write inspirational things or inspirational, people who are inspirational writings, you have to be conscious that the words that you put down, they're either going to pull up. Or they're going to pull out, yeah. or yeah. pull down rather. They pull up or they pull down, and so when I'm able to hear words like that, I'm I'm kind of grateful that the yeah. the little words that I'm I'm able to pen, uh, they they can have that kind of impact. That's mm-hmm. yeah.
0: amazing. Uh, before we start talking about your new book series, uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to know uh, what. What would you say are two things that you're grateful for?
1: Oh, wow, two things that I'm grateful for. First of all, without even thinking a second, I'm very grateful for my children. I'm Mm -hmm. really grateful. I'm grateful for the family that I come from. I'm grateful for the mother. Because, you know, it's like a handing over. You know, I wrote a book called The Old Woman Who Refused to Die. And oh, yes, it's my favorite. really yeah. read about the title they are like, Oh, my God, that's a very funny title. But there's so much embedded in the title. <laughs> it's not just about the funny whatever title. It's about proper handing over. And I'm grateful for my root. I'm grateful for my grandmother, for my mother, for my father. Those three, they, they put something in me. That at mm-hmm. a time in my life where I didn't even know <laughs> how my life was going to turn out, at a very difficult time in my life, the things that they put in me were like a guiding, a guiding, you know, a guiding light for me. And so when I say I'm grateful, I'm really grateful for my roots. My mother was an extraordinary woman. I can't even go on and what. And then my grandmother. You know, they were like so. When I think about the things that I put in there, when I said today that I'm grateful for my children, I grateful, I'm grateful for all their son, it's because what they gave to me, I transferred. And God has been so faithful that He's allowed the transpiration to stick, to bear fruit. That not only yeah. did I plant in them, God was amazing that He caused that plant to grow, to bloom. And then to bear fruit in my kids, so I'm grateful for my children. The second thing I'm grateful for is to do with my childhood. Uh, when I was uh, eight years old, I, I put that a little in some of my books. Actually, those are uh, some of the foundations of the way that I believe, and you know, some of the things that when I was eight years old, I was uh, I was uh, fostered. By uh, my my mother's brother and the wife, mm-hmm. my uncle was. He was a very very brilliant guy. Went to school Ivy Lake University, so, but uh, so he wanted to foster me. I guess he wanted to sort of like uh, put in me also what had been put in him by family. But my uncle was a very bookish person, very quiet guy. But his <laughs> wife was a different matter altogether. Anyway, mm-hmm. when they took me, I was. They took me to Lagos. We, I come from Akwaigon, that's in the southern part of Nigeria. And they took me to Lagos. And at that time, traveling from uh, from the area from my to Lagos was like easily could go 16 ma- 16 hours, you know. Mm. And the idea of the foster. Uh, was that I would be with them until I was 18. And the time I was with, with them, I was not going to be allowed to go home back and forth because they needed me to be focused and get used to you know, making that my new home. And so when I got there to Lagos, one day the friend came to visit, you know, um, my auntie and then uh, my uncle's wife, my auntie, of course, and then looked around and I guess looked at me and and. and Thought I was a very smart child based on whatever she'd ask and what she observed of me, of me. And she said to me, Oh, what would you like to be when you grow up? Hmm? And yeah. I looked at her and said, I would like to be a doctor, because at that time I grew up from Nigeria and in Nigeria, even to this day, say mothers want their children to be three things. To study uh, law, so you can be a lawyer. Study medicine, so you can be a doctor, or study engineer, so you can be an engineer, an engineer. So for a typical, to a typical uh, Nigerian woman, then even now the point it's changed a bit now, but then to a typical Nigerian, woman, to say that their their son or their daughter is a doctor was like wow, big thing. Or my yeah. daughter is a lawyer. I that? That start well, half a lawyer, half a doctor. And, and actually, this auntie of mine wanted our children to be doctor, lawyer. She, like, picked up, picked out what she wanted our kids to be. You know, mm-hmm. so I said I wanted to be a doctor. And uh, so I kept, I was actually looking up at, at my auntie feeling very, you know, little girl, I was eight, waiting for her to kind of, like, pat me on the back and say, oh, wow, smart little girl, you know what. And my auntie looked at me like, and I could tell, as a little child, you know, kids, you can tell someone is displaced with you, but you don't know why. And yeah. so when the visitor left, she called me and she said, so what did you say you want to be a girl when you grow up? And I said, a doctor, also very, very excited. And she looked at me from head to toe, and she said, for such an insignificant, useless, stupid little girl, mm-hmm. you really have grand ideas. And I tell you, uh, Danielle, and throughout the time I stayed with them for almost seven years, this auntie called me stupid useless it i mean worthless anything that on a daily basis several times a day like on a daily basis you know and the fearful from fears the book that i write which is my uh now my uh, my brand comes from mm-hmm. that because, you know, no matter how great you are, how fantastic you, if someone tells you on a daily basis, especially as a child, these are your formative years, and they tell you you're stupid, useless, at a point you're going to even act, you'll believe you're stupid, or even start to act stupid. Because yeah. it's, a subliminal, it's a subliminal message to put in your head and say you're stupid, useless. And so, anywhere along the way, the woman did everything i mean it was so bad that even our own sister our family our own sister the same mother the same father used to tell her don't be bifled how you treat this child because you don't know what this child will be in future the way that Mm -hmm. you treat this child, if you don't want her to be in your home send her back to her parents even if your husband's son you can just give any excuse you know you want but send her be my own sister so to to know anyway but anyway sometime later when I left, she did everything to prevent me from studying because studying was also something I loved very much. I wanted to go to school, and this was what why they brought me. But she she looked for everywhere not to get me. And because my aunt, uncle was quite, he basically not just school. you know, I I would never say that he went along with the kind of abuse because I was on, I was beaten, I was like pinched like you name it, you know, I was spat on a, a daily like basically I was spat on often, like I was <laughs> seriously. Wow. But anyway, so along the way I left and almost seven years later I left. It's a different journey. you can read that in my story. One of my books is called God Does Not Make Stupid. There's a reason for that title. <laughs> the whole process. But when I went away and years later, when our do- she had determined that she wanted her daughter to be a lawyer i mean sorry doctor our first daughter and so my cousin went to school for six years mm-hmm. and one day our, our father was uh uh, 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 into maths, love figures a lot. One of those are usual people that you say this, that, that, and stop, and they give you answers. So the daughter picked that sort of like genetic, whatever, predis- disposition <laughs> to, to figures. And so but the mother forced her to be to go to medical school. But six years into medical school, my cousin said, I'm not doing it again. I want to go do accounting. And the mother said, if you cannot go to medical school, we are not paying for you. You're not, so mm-hmm. you can find a way. And my cousin found lost. So at that point, she sought me out and came to me. This was years after we had not gone our separate ways and they didn't, but they had heard that things were good for me. She sought me out. And you know that I paid a school fees to go to. I paid the university. For, for her to go back to a school. Even later when she had to do what they call specialization, what we call ICANN in Nigeria, I encouraged her, I gave her money to do the specialization. Anyway, why am I giving this story? Is that because you ask what I'm grateful for, I had to give you the background for you to understand. Why am I giving this story is that years later when she came back, when people then heard, because later people then heard what she had done to me when I went her back home, people were coming to me and said, How how is it that you have something in your mind to even pay school fees for a woman who did everything to prevent you from going to school? How is it that you're not angry? Why would you how how is it that you can even allow someone like that to come into your home? And I say, Mm -hmm. why not? That family, I'm grateful. The one thing that I'm very grateful that I was not bitter. I -hmm. didn't so that's a I'm grateful for. It would have been very easy for me to become bitter. i say, oh, she did this to me. Now that I'm going, let me show her that, you know, without her, I could be something. But, you know, I tell you, Danielle, sometimes I'm surprised. surprised. Years I've been surprised at myself. There's a series of things that I did for the entire family that nobody can understand. I've had family members come to me and say, where do you find the heart to do that for them to help them in such a way? But I was not bitter. So I am grateful to God that God preserved my heart. And I think it's a special grace. It is not easy to go through that and not be bitter at the person who put you through that. But God took my heart. I had to go through that. Because God, for whatever reason, he knew that for the person that I was going to be in the future, I needed to walk that road. Because how can can you come tomorrow and write books like, who are you, Uh, be yourself, and know yourself? You cannot walk a road, you cannot encourage someone who is walking that road properly and passionately and with feeling, unless you've walked that road. And so God knew that I had I was going to write these books at this time, and He needed me, He allowed me to walk that road so that I would have something to give. Back to what I was saying, you cannot give what you don't have. If you want to be an encourager, how can you be, when you have never been discouraged yourself to understand what it means. So you allowed me to walk that road. But in allowing that to happen, it preserved, it took my heart and covered it with his love so that I would not be bitter. Because if I had been bitter, the things that I do today, I would not be able to do. The help that I've yep. rendered to people, I would not have been able to do, even then, even for myself. I would have been a sad, angry, like whatever. That's not to say that the things that happen, that I don't look back and think, wow, things like that. But I look at it as a, a human being that says, oh, that happened. I don't yeah. look at it with bitterness. So I know that I've gone on and on. I tend to go on and on. You have to stop me. <laughs> Sometimes exactly. when I talk to you, just say, okay, Sarah, enough, <laughs> not enough. Okay, don't with that question. Let's do that. But i had to give you the context because if you don't i don't give you context you don't understand you can just say i'm grateful that why are you grateful for that you say okay but why so i needed to give you that context so I'm no, grateful of course I i'm grateful that i was not bitter as a result of a situation that was meant to break me I'm mm-hmm. very yeah that's, that's that. amazing
0: And you're not going on and on. That's the beauty of
1: a storyteller. Is there's always a story behind it. So don't worry. It was a wonderful. Like I said, I'm a storyteller, right? I mean, sometimes I use my life story. Like I build a story. I mean. Yeah.
0: And like you say, you can't go on writing books about self, the journey of self-discovery, or all of that if you haven't lived it. And a lot of people tend to not tell their story because there's, you know, they're either like you say they're either bitter about it, they don't want to bring it up, but sometimes. it, it does resonate with somebody. It might not be the exact same situation, but the feelings mm-hmm. are the same. And mm-hmm. they know that they can move past it. So mm-hmm. it's it's important to tell those stories. You yeah. know
1: something my grandmother used on that note again, something my grandmother used to say. My grandmother used to say so many things that I'm using so many of her quotes in my book. But she was this <laughs> kind of woman who would just give you, if you ask her, like, uh, uh, grandma, what is it? She would tell you a story or bring you a quote and say you know if you don't understand that then you're not ready to understand the wisdom I'm mm-hmm. going to if you can understand this, the the quote or the dramatic expression then it means you're ready you know to yeah. and she used to say something she used to say uh she said success that does not help others uh that make other people successful is meaningless and if you're yeah. rich and your wealth does not help lift other people out of poverty, then your wealth is meaningless. And then she rounded up by talking about this, I always call it the river story. And my grandmother used to say, like, a river is not prop, you cannot properly say river. It's a is river is just a pond. If it does not take, because a river must take from other rivers in order for it to and give to other rivers. So if a okay. river, a river that takes from other rivers and refuses to allow it to other rivers, then that river is a pond. And she said to she will always say anything in a pond mm-hmm. is not life-giving. A pond is, is that even if something that's living in a pond, it's not actually something that you want to. Take care to yourself. Anything that's in the pond is just tacos and little whatever that you're not, even if you're saying fish, you're not going to eat it. Like saying, okay, Lord, those are disgusting things. So when you're a river, when you've been given something, how you know that the thing that you've been given by your creator, by God, that you're making use of it is when you pass it on. So if you've been given the ability to encourage and you keep it to yourself, then you're 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 doing your maker injustice you're not meant to be given give to yourself. everything that you have, you're not alone in the world we are in the universe to be part of one another's life so if you're in the universe and you've given the ability to encourage and then you don't pass that you're stealing from the universe you're doing injustice to your maker to the one who, who gave you the gift in the in the first place and so that's how I see when I have uh, the, the things, certain things that I've gone through and they've been quite tough, but I look at them in a sense of a class of four. That's not to say I'm super like perfect, I don't feel the pain. Of course I feel the pain because I'm human, but besides feeling the pain, at the back of my head, it's always like, God, what do you want me to learn As you know, from this pain? this terrible thing that I'm going through, this heartache, my heartache, I'm a sensitive soul. Even though I have this kind of strong persona that, you know, this, you know, mm-hmm. exterior that seems like, oh, like, uh, what do you call the the boss B-I-T-C-H? Like, <laughs> you know, <so laughs> I'm, like, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm a sensitive person. I feel, I, I have a such deep compassion. I feel deep mm-hmm. compassion for people. And I tend to, you know, so when I go, like, I always like, it's painful, Lord. I I am I'm going through, but what am I meant to learn from that? And how do I give this out? You know, yeah. and that's why the what I do, matters so much to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Not often making history barely some of them, but they matter to me. I want to live this world at the end of the, my life. I want to be able to say what. Well, I left something that, even if it's just blessed that one, two people, they're not just one because there are lifetime value. Generations are going to come through that and those people will be blessed by what they two have been blessed, you know, yeah. or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: those are great <laughs> things to be thankful for. Let's talk about your book series. It's I, when I saw them, when oh you first started
1: talking about okay. It, it, Okay, is, okay, okay. Yeah. so the two books... Um, talking about this book, it's called, Who Are You If You're Not You? If you're an egg, be a perfect egg. Don't strive to be an eggplant Twelve tips <laughs> on how to become the best version of you. It's a, it's a, and how the series started, actually, like everything else, I always say that. I mean, I'm, it's been said by others, I'm not the only one. But, you know, some of the biggest impacts you make in life, uh, Janiel, they are going to come out of some of your biggest challenges yeah they going to come out of some of your the, the most heart-rending pains if you allow it if you allow it like i said when we talk about glass full glass empty if you see your challenges as uh, something to learn fi- life vital uh, vital uh, lessons from you're gonna you could mindset is everything and so the book happened last year. I mean, it didn't happen last year. I had this idea for these books this year, actually, and finished it. But last year, I lost my mother. My mother was the rock of her home, really, truly a rock. And so when I lost her, then went for a burial, after I came back, at that time, I was actually writing the book. I told you, God does not make stupid and I'll tell you how that that I look uh, about also at a point. And when I came home, I wanted to continue. I just could not find a thing in me to write. I would take my laptop to the cafe that I sat to, you know, I said to read, to sorry, to write Well, And then I would write nothing. It was a very, very painful period. Still is to lose a mother is something really terrible. Yeah. And then I I I was in a rut. I, I could not move. It was like physically stuck in a place. And then uh, sometime in uh, February, I joined this uh, 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 Christian faith faith, uh, priest worship. It's organized, it's called Alleluia Challenge. It's organized by uh, this... gospel minister, his name is Nathaniel Bassi, is very well known all over the world. And he does this thing called Hallelujah Challenge, where we praise and worship God at midnight for about one hour, sometimes about four, you know, four times a year, depending on how it's led by the spirit. And then on one night, on day 9th, because it's usually, some of it is like 24 days, sometimes 14 days. And on day 9th of this particular one, in February of 20, 000, uh, to, uh, 2022, this year actually, on day ninth, he started talking about prophesying about something about birth, that God is going to cause us to give birth and have babies. And in my mind, I was like, ah, God, I've been praying about getting me out of the road. Baby is not, babies are not it. it. I don't know to have a baby, I have two kids enough. they are not it. And then just as I was saying that, on my mind, he now said, you know, it's not just babies alone, physical, that babies can actually be the birth thing, the, the pregnancy of great ideas. If you're mm-hmm. looking for greater, you're asking God that is that perfect. This time, God will give you amazing ideas that you run with. And... Then yet I had been praying to God to give me ideas great ideas that I could that would take me even if it meant living what I was working. and you know one night after the challenge and this was the challenge ended around end of uh, of uh, uh, February and I was still praying thinking okay where 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 is where are the manifestations of my own prayers one night I was uh, sleeping And I came awake. You know how you come awake when you are sleeping and you're like, I just had a dream. And the dream was around babies, that either I had babies or someone had something around babies. But I was trying to remember. And I think that wasn't the point. As soon as I came awake and I'm thinking, oh, babies, ideas, what? An idea came on my mind to write the book Mm -hmm. on the importance of self-knowing as a factor in achieving success of any kind came from out of the blue. No way. Can you? This was two in the morning. So it's not exactly wow. the time. Was, I could not like say that. Oh, I went, I was thinking and then sort of like mulling over things and this kept it was just came up and I knew that God had given me this idea. And as soon as that idea came, I had my I always have my laptop by my bedside. I'm a writer after all. <laughs> so I picked up the letter, you know, turn it on, I mean sorry, the computer, turn it on, and I started writing things it was like someone was telling me the things exactly what how the 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 structure it was going to take mm-hmm. how I was going to and I started writing two in the morning by seven the following morning which was the same morning but following what of the same one by seven I had 30% of the first book oh, wow. I mean it's a pocket-sized book but you know I mean but there's not nothing pocket size about it i know i was inspired i had 30 percent and from there i just started writing and halfway with to finishing the first i had idea that was when i knew it was going to be a trilogy i had idea but for the book part two i started writing this book in april by september of uh, 28 i had done presentation i had I written, you know, like a proofread the book, send it to my editor, done everything, done the covers themselves. You know, the covers are ah. another story. You know, Drawn the covers, gone to the artists, ask them because the covers they represent. It had to be exactly because I had an idea exactly what the covers were because the the covers they represent everything. You know, it's about this. This was who are you if you're not you? You know. And it's about yeah. this, look at this egg. So don't strive to be an eggplant if you're an egg. And so there's, you have this main egg, wants to be an eggplant, and it's, it's turning purple on the top and underneath his feet. And he's thinking, oh, I've succeeded in becoming an eggplant. But it has cracks. All of the cracks down the body of the egg, they're intentional. But he actually mm-hmm. he doesn't realize that in trying to be who he's not meant to be, there are cracks running through him. He thinks he has succeeded. And you have the other egg standing around and looking at thinking, what the heck, you know, <laughs> what the does he think he is? It's not an eggplant, yes. he thinks it's an eggplant, and he's looking all arrogant, thinking that I mm-hmm. succeeded. That's the idea that I was given to write this book. The importance of authenticity, of being mm-hmm. who you are meant to be. If that's not inspired, I mean, I don't know what because I certainly could not have come up. I had no idea. I wrote this book, and I started writing. I know out of this book, I had book presentation, two major presentations. I had a presentation in September, and I had a presentation first of this in December. And now mm-hmm. the third part of the book is done. I, I send it to my editor, and I, I'm waiting for it to come out. You know, this between April. And now September, I mean uh, November, December. That's like less than like eight months or less. Eight long I've written three books, published oh, them, had a presentation of, of a man. So that's inspiration. I was inspired. I not just that out of this book, and I have podcasts, and then I start to speak, and then I start to now know where I'm going with it. That I need <clears> to. I thought the audience was going to be all, you know, all that, but okay, I, I, I'll come to that. But that's just what the book, From Fearful to Fierce, yeah. you know, it's all from Fearful to Fierce trilogy, you know, there's From Fearful to Fierce book that's coming, but this is a trilogy, a series on the importance of self-knowing, like know yeah. yourself and all that to become, you know, the best, you know, version of you. You know, you cannot be anything if we don't know you. Like if you tell someone, oh, I'm going to be the best writer tomorrow, but you don't even know who Sarah is. How can you be the best of what you don't even know? Yeah. Or oh, tomorrow I'm going to go out there and impact the world. How can you impact when you don't even know who is impacting, who is going to impacting if yeah. you don't even know who Daniel is? <laughs> you see, well, yeah. So that's a uh, that support the idea around like um, the, the the FTF the currency. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: That's so the I just love it. It's just it just comes together and it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you because uh, I love asking this question for people because there's much going on you're always busy you're everywhere how do you find balance in your life between work between writing between family between just taking time for yourself and not get lost in all of it how do how do you find the
1: balance how do you find balance well the idea the balance is knowing that uh, you're not one linear Mm -hmm. like for example you're Danielle. you do podcasts but that's not all who you are and so you're yeah. Danielle, you're, you're a mother, you're probably a mother, you're a friend, you're someone's mm-hmm. lover, I call it you, you belong to a community. And all of this is part of all of these things are part of who you are, who Danielle is. And so if you're a mother, for example, and you're also a child to someone, mm-hmm. you're gonna you have a place in your heart to love your mother. But at the same time, you have a place in your heart to love your own child and at the same time to love your spouse, at the same time to be a friend to, to your friends. You're not yeah. only there. And so when you talk about uh, how to find, how do you find balance? Finding balance is just part of who you are. That's what life is about. It's about who you are. It's a little like the universe, you know. You're, For example, if someone were to find the universe, go to the universe and say, oh, wow, you know, this universe, you have you have uh, winter, you have summer, you have spring. Like, these are all very extremes. How do you find, how are you able to be all of these things and you're just one universe? And if the universe were to answer, the universe would say, well, that's what, that's why I'm a universe that's why I'm the universe you know I'm I'm the universe because I have all of these things that's what makes me a universe i, I yeah. it, I, in, in it I, I contain i contain uh, the, the, the 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 i contain winter i contain summer i contain all of this if you were to take mm-hmm. summer out of me then something vital is missing from me and so because that's- i'm the universe I'm able to manage all of the parts of who I am because that's what I'm supposed to, to do. So when you ask, uh, so I'm always a little surprised when people ask someone and say, how do you find it? I mean, it's a beautiful question, but I'm saying yeah. that that's, you, you, are, you find balance because when you know, when you recognize who you are, you find mm-hmm. balance, you know that you're not one linear. There are all aspects of you and these aspects yeah. of you makes you these aspects of you they make you who you are so daniel being a mother daniel being a friend a, a, a daughter a, 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 a mother to another a friend a lover whatever a part of a, a professor an educator yeah. a, an educator who is daniel does not mean that uh, it's uh, it's going to uh, that that educator cannot operate as a mother doesn't mean mm-hmm. that Danie can as a friend just because she's an educator. When it's time for her to wear the hat of an educator, she steps into that role and wears that hat and operates, you know, based on that. And when she's done with that, she goes home. She becomes a, 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 a mother, takes care of her kids. And after she's done with that, she goes on then to become a wife. All of these roles, they make you who you are. For example, if you wanted, if you were to say, I'm a career person, and then you let go of your home front and you're not able to find a way to make that work, even when your career works and you're successful at it, when you go home and look at your home front and you see that your children are probably not the way that you would like them to be, guess what? Your success is going to sour in your mouth because you're going to think something is not quite right here. Right. And then if you're a Danielle and your mother, you don't all you want to do as a mother, and you want to be a career person, and somehow you don't find a way to make that fit. It's going mm-hmm. to also have a little bit of sour, leave a little bit of your sour in your mouth because that's what you want. So finding yeah. balance is in understanding that I have a role to play as a wife. I have to play. I have a role to play as a mother. I have to play, I have a role to play as someone's child. have a role to play as someone's uh, friend you know i'm going to make that work because i am Danielle. i am not one linear i'm a human being that contains all of this i'm like the universe with all of the things that make the that make the universe the universe you know Mm -hmm. that's the way i see uh, balance i do what i have to do because i'm not one linear I love that. I really love it. That's why I love asking that question to people because you never get the same
0: answer. But I love that if you are truly authentic and you know, you're really embracing who you are and not what everybody expects you to be, the balance just comes. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I see yeah. that you just said it. Like when it's only when you run after things, like the yeah. important thing is in knowing that you want to be. Yeah. Whether you want to be a mother, once you want to be a career person, if all mm-hmm. you want to do is to focus on giving being a mother, like a full mother and take a job like a partner, you should not then run around and say, I want to be a, a ball ass, whatever, you know, boss yeah. lady. If you're not, if you're running after that kind of life because someone else is doing it, And you see them doing it, guess what? You're not, and they are successful and they are happy. You're not going to be happy because that's not who you are created to be. So the balance is knowing who you are, knowing that you're composed of all of this. And then when you want it and know, based on the knowledge, your knowledge of yourself, that you create this, know that you have to make them fit. Because I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm taking that wisdom with me. I love it. It's just so. So easier to understand and and not to be too hard on ourselves when we do feel uh-huh. a little out of balance because it's, it's something mm-hmm. that's going against who you are so mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that what uh, okay? you talked a little bit about your trilogy with the, with the new books but what are you uh, working on right now what's next for, for Sarah yeah,
1: okay well I'm just finished I've just sent off my uh, the third of the trilogy called Be You you know mm-hmm. and so of course you have the first one says who are you if you're not you? And the second one says, so you know you. Now what? Yes. And the third one is you. So someone was asked me, there's something in the book. Someone was say like, you put one and say, you've talked about who you are, who are you if you're not you? And then you talk about be you. And they said, is it not one and the same thing? And I said, no. Because mm-hmm. if you talk about know, who you are, if know you, and then you say, be you. How can you be something that you don't know? So yeah. myself, makes up when you talk about knowing who you are, is to go into yourself and understanding Danielle, for example. Who is Danielle? Danielle can wear many hats, but deep inside what matters to Danielle? Because who mm-hmm. you have, they're based on the values, what matters a lot to you. And you your values are going to be different. Mm-hmm. What matters to me is like, for example, if you say, for example, if I, I did not have friends in my life, I would not know how to live my life if I did not have that crowd. There they, they, they yeah. are also other people who are very happy just to be by themselves. They're not very much into crowd. And if you're a crowd person, you're looking at them, them and thinking, how can they just be so alone and be happy? So right. the thing is in, the thing there is in the uh, like it's, it's knowing and so now then as so now that you know you so what next so the idea yeah. is that so is it okay to just okay i know who who i am as Danielle. what what do you do with that knowledge because you yeah. are not uh, no you're not uh nobody's static human yeah, is, are, like fluid in the sense that you are meant to like constantly i, I don't know to call it regenerate the person yeah. that you were yesterday is not who you are today. And the person you're going to be tomorrow is not definitely not, not who you are today. That's why when I say, for example, know who you are, you know, 12 tips on how to become the best version of you. The best version yeah. of you is constantly changing. And so the idea is to know you so that you can take that knowledge, what what matters most, what your values are, and constantly make the best of yourself so that you mm-hmm. can become not just for yourself, but for because we are all custodians. That's how I see. Each, yeah. each every human being is a custodian. Think about it. If you are properly, if what you've been given custody of, if you're proper, uh, a proper keeper of what you've been given custody of, the environment, the world around you will become better for it. Think of some of the terrible people that we find in our world Because of them, we have uh, certain things, certain, I don't want to go into, I don't want to mention them because it's quite obvious. But think of some of the biggest calamities of our world, you know, they were started by someone, someone who had something they were given, but they didn't give it in a good way. And because of that, the world suffered. And every time a portion of the universe suffer for any time span of the universe, it carries on to the next. You know? Yeah. So that's... So who I so what, once you know who you are, what next? Is it okay to just say, okay, I know who I am now? But that's, no, you have to constantly... You know, it's not a question of like... It's not like you're looking at yourself and say Somebody was saying, is it like because you're never satisfied? No, it's not about being never satisfied. It's about knowing that you're not supposed to remain static. For example, you gave birth, you were pregnant, yeah? And you were very joyful <laughs> that you were pregnant. And then was we'll it the okay to say, okay, now I know I'm pregnant. That's it, sit down. Okay, I've achieved it. I'm a pregnant woman, not barren. No, you wanted to give birth to what you were pregnant with. And then you become, you've given birth. You said, okay, so, oh, I've seen the face of my baby I love. Static, stay there, baby. No, you started to nurture the baby to grow the baby and the Mm -hmm. baby now becomes an adult and do you now say okay hands off finish no that person became a a mother to someone a parent to someone so you constantly so the idea is that once you know who you are what do you do with what you know Mm -hmm. what next how do you use them? not just to better yourself but to better your environment and the next one, the the last one, the third in the trilogy is called Be You. So mm-hmm. Be You, be who you were meant to be. I, I think that is very much self-explanatory. Don't yeah. run away. Don't don't run after crowd. Don't be pulled along by crowd. Sometimes being you can be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's why I say it takes courage. But if yeah. you are willing to do the work to say, you know what, I was I was born into the world not to even twins. Most twins who come, they come out separately. No, even the ones who are identical twins, they're probably in the same sack. When they're coming, and they both of them are not coming, so everyone comes. <laughs> the world. I think that's a very, if we need yeah. to know, a, a very spiritual, you know, example of of uh, importance of authenticity. Mm-hmm. That we were created as an individual, beautiful person. Standing on your own you live with others but you came in a unique person that's a very typical spiritual understanding of uniqueness yeah we, we lose that when we come into the world because of the things we say like everybody say you have to be this way expectations societal you know family social mm-hmm. all kinds of expectations hip on you and sometimes we live our life at the end you're so lost and you start to think what's the point of life The moment you start to ask yourself, what's the point of everything, then you're not living who you were. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, (laughs) I love
0: it. And that's what's amazing about this is. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people write about how to become you, how to find out who you truly mm-hmm. are, how to find your authentic stuff, but then you kind of left high and dry. You just say, okay, so now I know who I am, now what? And you yes. take it that step further, yes. you take it further and say, okay, well, what does that look for you now? Yes. And then once you figure it out, then okay, then be you. And yes. I love that. I think it's wonderful. Uh, like well, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I can't wait to see those books. Um, before I go, before we end this, I wanted to. It's a question I asked you. It, I, I like that you mentioned that earlier in in your story when you were eight years old. But I always ask the grown ups this question because you said it again. Uh, it, we're continuously growing. We're conti- continuously moving forward. So, what would you like to be when you grow up?
1: So with Sarah <laughs> wanna be now. Would, would I thought up? I was broke. <laughs> what would I like to <laughs> be when I grew up? Well, Daniel, I would like to be, you know, unapologetically, undeniably, yes. and fearlessly Sarah. You know, like yes. Italians like to say basta at the end. Basta means enough, stop. There's no good going farther. So I want to no. be me, because that's the whole point of of uh, of, of the of the book. I want to be unapologetically. unapologetically, because if you are who you were created to be, you'll be able to also move out into the world. Undeniably, okay. because if you're on the path of your life, you will not always be butter and sunshine. You know, mm-hmm. you will bring out everything, that, everything embedded in each of us. We have something special. Yeah. You'll be able to bring it and let it shine. You know, I'm mm-hmm. fearlessly, fearlessly because oh my God, Danielle, a lot of the reasons, the reason the barriers to our greatest inability to com- accomplish anything, to be who we are, is because of fear. And yeah. oftentimes, those fears are fear of what, or fears of what someone would think of us. What would they mm-hmm. think? What would be their opinion? Of? Fear of other people's opinion. If I do this, yeah. what do they think this of me? And because of that, we put ourselves in a box. We nail ourselves in a box and we're not able to. And Mm -hmm. so when I grow up, I would like to be unapologetically, undeniably, and fearlessly, me, Sarah. (laughs) Pass. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's I think that's uh mm-hmm. yeah this that's this, all is, you need to be. Yeah and I that I'm able like this is always my prayer. I say, God, help me to be me, mm-hmm. help me to be the person that you created, help me not to it's a struggle, like I said, you know, because I'm a people person. Help me yeah. to constantly know that I can be in the crowd. Without being, you know, b- without being of the crowd. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. You just I don't want to get influenced in the crowd. by the crowd. the crowd. You know, I can be in the crowd and be that and can still be, I'm part of the crowd, sitting, laughing, whatever, without being of the crowd, of the community, without wanting, I mean, be of the crowd and just being happy with who's the Listen, appreciate everyone, and then just be very, and not be afraid to be who I am, whatever. Because oftentimes what you are, people are not going to be comfortable especially me. I have a strong voice. I tend to have yeah. a strong personality. I know that. And oftentimes I'm not going to be, people are not, I mean I'm very careful. I don't like to hurt people. I try not mm-hmm. to. But sometimes people are not going to people have their insecurities. sometimes people right. when they have especially with strong personalities the people will have the insecurities rather than try to identify and deal with it they're going to put it That's up on you and think oh true. i'm that because you know and so in that case if you're not careful you're gonna they make you walk away feeling mm-hmm. apologetic about you apologetic about your person and you walk away beating yourself i'm thinking okay what what was i doing no as long as you walk, as long as you know you walk away from it and you're convinced you know yourself, the important thing is to assess your life no, mm-hmm. and walk away. As long as you walk away knowing that I did not hurt anybody, I didn't do anything. So, And then even if you feel that you've done something untoward, you sincerely open your mind and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, but I'm sorry if you take it. Convincing yourself. You can walk away with your hair held high. Mm-hmm. You, know? yeah. you have to be here. you. You have to be you. Yeah, no, that's so, wonderful. Like, I love
0: it. Yeah. Now, how can people follow I'm you uh, or get in touch with you if anything like that? Where you can you share? And I will put it in the comments and the description yeah. of the, uh, the episode. But how
1: yeah. can people okay. reach you if they'd like to? Okay, like I said, my name is Serraud O'Grossfatna. The name <laughs> is, the, when, you, when Daniel puts it out there, uh, my name is very kind of, I think my name is very unique. <laughs> I'm a unique yeah. person. Even if I say so myself. Anyway, just a joke. <laughs> um, my name is unique in the sense that even in Austria with the name Grossfather, it's very, very rare. In fact, in Austria my, my husband's uh, husband, whatever, family is probably the they're probably the only ones with this name. And so when you take Sarah, it's very common, Udo, it's very common from my area, but when you put that together so if you go on LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn, Sarah, mm-hmm. on I'm from Fearful to Fierce I'm very active on uh, on instagram i have from fearful to fears which is focused specifically on my writing i also have a private account but from fearful to fears and then on also facebook from fearful to fears so whenever you see from fearful to fears that's my brand because it's my domain i've bought that domain so when you see from fearful to fears Etc., and then uh, of course, with the names around across Rosford now, if you clicked on that and say, like the old woman, let me take this one because it's it's more interesting because it's, it's so catchy, it's easier for people to remember. So, if you go there and say the old woman who refused to die on Amazon, <laughs> and then you, you put the name and you see that you couldn't have my books pop, 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 up. and so you yeah. can buy that. Please buy my book and buy for Christmas. Yeah. Christmas give people gift as a present. I think it's a wonderful thing to give, the, like the trilogy yeah, of, to fear, to fear astrology. is a wonderful thing. And for those, I don't know for, for, if there's ever, if there's a German person out there looking, listening, mm-hmm. one of my mm-hmm. books is out in German, but he calls me bless, is also out in in German. Trust them being Ickeseknet. I mean, when you put my name, you have all my names. And then of course yeah. the new books are coming. So I have... Um, Two new books coming, like uh, 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 God Does Not Make Stupid. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very special book. This is an in-depth of my life story from when it all began when I was eight, yeah. you know. So that would uh next year. That's a project from next year. And then, of course, I do some podcasting and do a little talk, little bits of video. So, yeah. You can get me, but please buy my book, so please, so that I can have all these contents that are empowering, uh, so we can work this part together and help uh, on the best version of ourselves. That's right.
0: That's right. And yes, you do want to buy our books. There There are, so then, like I said, there's a diversity of powerful messages in all of the books. So absolutely, you need to go on Amazon and get them. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. Like I said, I could talk to you forever. Um, but we do have to, we do have to close the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. episode. But thank you so much. And uh well, definitely you're always invited to come back on whenever you can.
1: Thank and you. Uh, it's such yeah. a pleasure to talk to you. And you, Danielle, like I said, such a pleasure yeah. to just come in here. I think that, that you, I would have been by my wife, but it's such a joy to, to, to talk mm-hmm. with you. Um, Really, really, super happy. We are the same uh, in the same circle, so to say, and uh, yeah, sisters. Yes, you know, like apart from just being my master uh, creator, like <laughs> no, definitely
0: my beautiful thank sister. You for,
1: thank you for hosting. you.
0: Thank- Thank you thank you and for everybody who is listening or and watching don't forget again to uh, like follow or subscribe to the channel you're watching us from or listening to us from and uh, that way you can get notifications and don't forget to look at the description or the comments below i will ha- add all of sarah's information there so you can follow her as well so thank you again and for everybody listening and watching until next time stay safe stay awesome and we'll talk soon thank you.